0: The 2017-18 season is upon us and the Loftcast is back We're going to be speaking about the Stan Bowles game What a special occasion that was as we hosted Bournemouth at Loftus Road last weekend And we'll be building up of course to this weekend's big opener It's Reading at Loftus Road We'll be joined as well by this man
1: Matt Smith goes in there, can't get the shot away, in goes Washington, drops to Freeman, and Freeman just moments after coming on, scores on his home debut, what an impact by Luke Freeman!
0: We'll be speaking with Luke Freeman later on in the Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey from the QPR Media team. I'm joined by my colleague Andy Watkins and also former player and now club ambassador Andy Sinton. The two Andys, thanks very much for joining us. I think there's only one place to start as we build up to this weekend's game against Reading. That's to look back on the final pre-season fixture. Before we talk about the match itself since... A very special occasion as we honoured Stan Bowles on what his daughter confirmed to us in the lead-up to the game would be Stan's last ever appearance at Loftus Road, which is very sad, very emotional, but it was a a very, very special day.
1: It was a wonderful day. Uh, You're right, you know, very emotional, very sad, all those things swilling around at the same time. But um, Kupia legend goes without saying, our greatest ever player. It was quite fitting that. You know, we were able to honor him and thank him in the way that we did um, as a club. Hell of a lot of people working tireless behind the scenes to make sure the game <coughs> uh, went ahead and got off the ground. Uh, yeah, it was just, just fantastic, fantastic to see him back. As definitely, when he gets back off this road, there's a twinkle. You can see something slightly changing, Stan, you know. And uh, to see him come out on the pitch uh, before the game, you know, was really moving. they 10 minutes applause went round half time what went on a half time where he's he's walked round with don then there was a a period during the second half where applause went round the stadium again you know so it was that was a fantastic day um really privileged to be there Um, wonderful
0: a few people have said that when stan comes back to loftus road he almost goes back to the the old stan if you like where suddenly there's like you just said the glint in his eye you were up at his home in manchester for, for a lot of fans, they only see him when he's on the pitch at Loftus Road. How different, even though that day in Manchester was a good day for him, but how different was Stan Bowles then to the Stan Bowles you saw walk out onto the pitch? It almost, there was a swagger that suddenly goes into him when he walks back out at Loftus Road.
1: It's almost like he, he knew or he felt he was back where he belonged, where he was idolised, uh, which he was, and quite rightly so. You know, we saw him in Manchester, yourself included, and we, we were told we saw him on a good day. You know, even then he was jolly, he was chatty. Um, but Saturday was Saturday was quite amazing. From when he got out of the car to coming into reception, you know, people were chanting his name, and he just seemed to wow. I'm home, sort of thing. You know, and uh, the day itself was great. I spent time in the box with him and his family. He was really in he was really in good form. And it was just, it was just fantastic to be a part of. But the day itself was all about Stan, uh, and I'll say again, a lot of people worked tirelessly behind the scenes to make sure it happened and give him the tribute and the game that he deserves.
0: And people like Colin Hale, Paul Finney, there's a number of members on the, the committee, as you say, behind the scenes. They do deserve enormous credit. It was a, a big challenge, but it was a, a challenge that was uh, successfully overcome.
1: Very much so, uh, and you know, the, the, the crowd itself was really, really good. Uh, but he deserves that, mm. you know. Uh, Stan Bowles will always, always be regarded and remembered as the best QPR's ever had. Um, and it was just a great day. I keep saying that. It was a wonderful day, a wonderful experience. I know the family enjoyed it, and the people around him enjoyed it. But as I say, the, the key was getting the maximum benefit for Stan's future over the next week, month, years to come, because mm. I'm sure it's going to be tough.
0: Andy, you were obviously at the game and you were behind the scenes and filming Stan as he got out of the car and looking at that video that you filmed, it did seem as he was first getting out of the car, he almost looked a little bit confused and then when the roar went up as he got out, he looked around and then he reveled in it.
2: Yeah, it was amazing to be fair. I mean, you couldn't think that somebody getting out of a taxi would be (laughs) that special, but just being outside the ground and then seeing the, I mean, I don't know how many fans were were outside, It it was quite early on, but the reception he got and like, and he kind of alluded to his, um, I remember when we had the, the Stan Bowls day at Loftus Road a couple of years ago, something kind of similar where the twinkle in his eye, whatever, his eyes just light up and it's like, I'm home. And, you know, I wasn't obviously fortunate enough to see him as a player, but seeing how the fans respond to him and how he responds to the fans is something that I've, I've mm. never seen before. Um, and then, yeah, as you say, walking out, uh, leading the teams out on the pitch was, was something else. And... At half-time, you know, I was there in front of him and he sort of started doing his little jigs, started dancing, and he just, just comes alive. And obviously, we were we saw him in Manchester and it was great to see him. You know, you're always thinking, how's he going to be? hope he's going to be okay. And he just, like I say, he just seems to come alive and revels in it. And seeing him walk around the pitch and even the Bournemouth fans giving him a standing yeah. ovation was, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was incredible, brilliant it? and fitting. Yeah, really nice. Really, it really was quite
1: emotional, actually, because uh, I was up on commentary before the game and the, the camera shot that we had panned in on the tunnel where he was coming out with, you know, his good friends Jerry and Don were going to lead him out, and I actually had a bit of a lump in my throat, you know, as he as he was waiting to come out. It was it was that type of day, you know, and uh, but you know the evasion he got,
0: wonderful. And like you say, you spent time with his family. How did his family find the day? Because while I would imagine it was enjoyable, it must have been very emotional as well.
1: Very emotional. I suppose tiring, you know, to um, all that. Not, not just physically tiring, but mentally. Everything that was going on as such. But uh, now they were in great form. Really appreciated to the club and everyone involved in, in getting this game over the line uh, for all their benefits. So, so no, it, uh, it couldn't have gone any better.
0: So, since the match itself, QPR against Bournemouth, 1-0 defeat. Certainly no disgrace against a, a Premier League side. What were your thoughts overall on the game?
1: Uh, promising, promising signs. First 30 minutes, I would say it was nip and tuck. Uh, probably we had the better of it actually. Uh, the way we were playing, I was really encouraged and impressed by the 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 three in the middle of the park. You know, Luke Freeman, Mass, and uh, Josh Schoen. I thought it made a, a, a real positive introduction to Loftus Road. A few half chances. Connor had a couple. You know, just fizz one wide. Big Matty had a header. Maybe could have hit the target with. So. Um, yeah, bearing in mind you're playing quality opposition. The longer the first half went on, Bournemouth uh, dictated the possession and got the goal with three or four minutes before half time. You know, but now um, there's a lot of positive signs. Second half, quite a lot of changes made by both sides, so it became more of a the normal season game. Yeah. But you know, the last ten minutes we we came on again, and arguably, if it was a league game, you you, you could have got something out of it with uh, with the Ennies free kick right at the end, which beat the keeper and hit the post and come back and hit the keeper. I've seen a couple of them that hit the keeper and go in, mm. but this one didn't quite. But uh, now lots of positives to take from that game. And three at the back. Yeah, that's uh, normally, I'm a great believer, have a look at the, 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 the way your team's playing and the personnel the week before the season. That normally gives you... Um, a good indication. I know there was a couple of people out with injuries and illnesses as such, but I wouldn't have thought it would be too much different if I was a betting man, and I'm not. But, um, yeah, three at the back, I think that's the way Ian thinks is the right, or the best way for this squad of players. It's what he played when he first came in. Mm. But, uh, you know, I've said it again, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, I don't get too wrapped up with formations. You have to be adaptable, both from game to game, but within games as well. But, that gives you the base to go and perform from then it's up to the players
0: and that 3-5-2 formation it, i know what you're saying that you can't get too wrapped up in it but it does give you the extra man in midfield and it does allow you to still have two out and out strikers down at the, the middle of the pitch which yeah. as ollie has said from the moment he arrived is what gets the best out of a player like connor washington
1: yeah uh connor i believe uh and it's not just my opinion but connor has to play with someone so if he's going to be in the side you've got to play two up as this big a lot of people were crying out months ago a year ago that we should be playing with two strikers this formation is one way of allowing you to do that uh middle of the park i've already said uh those three did well but you've got Gossi um, to mm-hmm. come in but possibly you've got ariel borashek back at the club and done really well apparently during pre-season he's pushing for a place so the competition in there for places is
0: uh, is what you want. And you've got Grant Hall as well. He's currently sidelined with 10 deniers. Hopefully that's not too serious. And he's a player who can slot into the three or into the, the exactly. centre of the well, midfield. He's useful
1: to make that formation work, you know, because he, within games, can adapt into that. I remember the Norwich game. I know Norwich had a man sent off all his first game where Grant started off in a back three but then went to the a base of a, a midfield sort of thing, you know. So, uh, so, yeah, so let's see see how we go and see what, uh, what's delivered, and hopefully, we get a result.
0: And Andy, Ian Holloway, said afterwards that he's got a formation in his mind and that will be his formation. He's keen to almost stick with it. He said, OK, it'll be predictable, but that's what he wants to work with. That's what he wants to, to almost organise the players around. They'll be working around the clock, if you like, on that formation so people know exactly what they want. So, it'll be, I mean, you can only assume that he is talking a, a three-five-two formation. We won't know for sure until Saturday. You can only assume that, but it'll be interesting to see how that works because it must be very difficult for managers to stick with a set formation if a game isn't working. So perhaps it'll have to be tinkered with a little bit, but it seems he, his dream or his
2: ideal is to have that same formation. Yeah, and I think obviously you say, unless things change, obviously with that... <laughs> Ollie's first game and the the Norwich game and having a man sent off after yeah, 60 after minute, seconds yes. and suddenly things uh, go out the window a little bit but yeah I mean I remember when Ollie first came in and we had that they um had a little bit of a blip at the start but when we did have that good run we had a kind of a from what I remember a pretty set formation mm. and a set team and that seemed to be the formula for for us winning games and probably the best period we had last season so yeah it, it makes perfect sense and um like like Andy was saying at the start of the, the first, certainly the first 20, 30 minutes against Bournemouth, it we seem to be playing really well. And if we can kind of, um, I think, you know, I'm thinking funny enough, we're playing Reading this weekend and when we went to Reading last season and that formation served us really well and it's probably one of the best performances we put in last season. So it certainly seems to be a formation that, that works for us and um, yeah, hopefully that can be the, uh, the winning formula for the start of this season as well.
0: Since from a player's perspective, do you like having that set formation? Because going back to your days at QPR, I think most QPR fans of a certain age perhaps can pretty much name that starting lineup four four two. 4 4-4-2. You can name the two centre-backs, the full-backs, the two central midfielders, the two wingers and the two up top. It was just week after week. It was the same formation, pretty much the same personnel yeah. and it was successful. Speaking
1: personally, from a player's point of view, I used to like the continuity, uh, but you know, G- I'll go back to Jerry. Um, Jerry had a, a almost a, a set way of playing a rigid, but he used to allow us on the pitch, uh, whether that comes from player intelligence or whatever, we would censor, let's say I'm playing wide, there's many a time I used to go in and play centrally behind the front two, just the one, get myself more involved in the game. Cause cause a bit of confusion yeah. amongst what... Uh, but we were all tuned into that. So if I'm playing with Clive Wilson, who had a great understanding, well, I'll say, Clive, for the next 10 minutes, I'm going inside. OK, mm. fine. Uh, but we were sort of programmed ourselves to that. So while Jerry was rigid and everyone knew what was expected, there was a little bit of freedom to go in influence the game because if the game's mm. going against you you've got to do something about it you mm. can't wait for your manager the whole time at yeah. half time or at the end of the game it's too late so you have to on the pitch to, to see what's happening you know if you're playing with two up invariably one needs to drop in at times when you haven't got the ball you know you shouldn't need a manager or a coach to tell you that players should probably recognise that so uh, but yeah I used to like that
0: sort of structure to work from and that's all it was. It was a base to work from. But you talk about that um, relationship you had with Clive Wilson. That relationship can only be formed by you two playing together on a regular basis. Exactly. If the winger is constantly changing, or the left back exactly. is constantly changing, or you're going from five to a four at the back, it is a lot more yep. difficult, obviously, to build those relationships yeah, and
1: understanding. You know, if you're a striker and you get used to uh, a left-footed wide player putting the ball in early, you make your runs if you've got a, a left-footed, a left-winger on a right foot, checking back on his right foot. You're going to be offside this, a lot. You've got all <laughs> your run, so it's, yeah. it's knowing your players, it's knowing uh, what's going to happen in certain situation. Like a midfield player, Ray Wilton used to get criticised wrongly in my opinion for playing square. You asked Les Ferdinand did... Uh, did Ray Wilkins play square a lot? Les attributes a lot of his goals or chances coming from Ray Wilkins playing things forward early. Mm. And yet, Joe Public sometimes used to think Ray just played sideways. And yeah. Not the case at all. So that comes from working on the training ground, getting to know who you're playing with. And you're right, the more you play with people and you get that continuity, it becomes easier.
0: And I, I suppose when you, you look at it as well, the, the difficulty is, like Andy has said, if the if the game changes then you do have to adjust, but then that's the case across football clubs.
1: Yeah, um, you know, you you can't just be a one-trip pony. You you can't just set your side eh? out. Let's say Saturday we set a side out of playing a certain way, but Red not passing us off the part. You're going to have to do something about it. You're know you going to have to get close. You're going to have to maybe subtly change your formation. Um, And that's not just Saturday, and that's not just QPR. That's, that's, That's across the board. So, yeah, I'm a great believer your formation gives you a base to work from. Then you go and play from there.
0: One thing the set formation does do, and I've heard a number of players from your era at QPR talk about this, is it brings accountability. And if a goal's conceded, Jerry would <laughs> have a, a video debrief and he'd say, right, where do you need to be? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, I had all that. I've been on the the, the worst side of that, you know. And, and sometimes as a player, in the heat of the action, you think you've done something. Account- Uh, And I remember a story uh, where Jerry, I was supposed to do a certain role, and Jerry asked me, where was I? And I answered the question, thinking where I was, or I thought I knew where I was. Uh, And he got a little bit agitated, and he said, where were you? (laughs) And I give him the same answer. He went, we'll we'll have a look at this, and he pressed (laughs) the play button. And I was literally three or four yards away from where I thought I was, and three or four yards in a penalty box it's huge yeah it's huge so uh so yeah so um yeah it brings accountability you know there's this big debate about zonal mark and oh, do you mark players at corners if you've got a man in the corner and your man scores zonal mark half gives you a little mm. bit of an eight um yeah. so uh, but you know everyone's different the game's about opinions
0: and philosophies and uh that's what makes it great game is about opinions let's now get the opinions of qpr's luke freeman
1: this one but he's dallied on it too long and here's
0: freeman for qpr and he's made it 2-1 well luke thanks very much for joining us on the loft cast uh, incredibly we were just speaking before we came on air that it all starts as you say it all starts again on saturday has it come around quick for the fans it's been a case of waiting and waiting for players has this come around quite quick for you
3: um i think it's starting to now you know i think at the start it- first day of uh, pre-season felt a long way away to the start of the season you know um, but uh, mm. we've grinded out the the tough tough four or five weeks that we've had in front of us and uh, we're now starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel
0: I think every pre-season every manager at every club says this is going to be a hugely tough pre-season how tough has this pre-season been for you?
3: it's definitely been up there yeah it's, it definitely has which is um, which is good really you need to be pushed you know it, it's the way football's going, it's, 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 getting, it's going up another notch, you know, mm. so you need to, to pay attention and actually put the time and effort into to fitness, you know, so um, definitely it's been a tough one. It's been a good one as well at the same time, so um, like I said, it's just uh, looking forward to the, to the start of the season now.
0: Does it give you confidence? Because you're, you're a flair player, having that energy in the tank, if you like, knowing that once the ball yeah. comes to you, you've got the energy to do what you do.
3: Yeah, no, definitely. It does, for sure. Um, I think all players require kind of different types of fitness. I think your you base fitness as a, as a team, uh, and then um, the closer you get to, to the start of the season, you start doing your individual kind of sprints and strides and what suits your, 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 your position as such, mm-hmm. you know, uh, position specifics. Um, so, yeah, no, definitely to have that in the, in the trunk going into the game is, is something that's only going to make you feel more
1: confident, for sure.
0: Looking back on your career, Andy, who was your toughest pre-season under?
1: Quite a few. Uh, it was a bit different in those days. It was long sort of forest runs. Uh, I remember going to Switzerland with Christian Gross at um, at Spurs. And uh, just like the boys have done now, three three trainings a week up at six in the morning. A long run around the lake, uh, back for breakfast, out for a, a more tactical session, sleep in the afternoon and either a gym session or more training in the afternoon. So, So, yeah, that would be... That would be up um Was my sort of toughest. Jerry was always tough because we used to do the the box to box. But as I say, it's a it's a little bit different now. Um, these guys went off to Portugal. Tell me about Portugal, Luke, and the hill. Yeah, uh,
3: still get nightmares from it now. But, um, yeah, what was it, it? Was, was. It really, really. It awesome? was. I've never seen it. I didn't think hills even like that existed. It's more of a mountain, if you ask me. But. Um,
1: yeah it was tough but um so talk me through so you're at the bottom in groups of three or four or five whatever it was yeah did you have a set time to get to a certain yeah uh, we
3: had a set time we had kind of three or four stages of, of the hill um so it was it was getting in them stages in the times that you needed to be in uh which was tough because it wasn't just like one it was kind of six sets of each stage that you needed to do so it was a good 20 plus runs you know so it was it was tough but like I said it's it's all in the bank and it's all something that you feel great after it's just uh mm. from feeling that, you it feel before, you can
1: sort of you you're you running your little group so you're dragging each other through which coming into a season is coming be key can't it yeah game, yeah so no definitely deep.
3: yeah no for sure it was um it's it's that's your team spirit there you know you get some people that are hitting brick walls at different times you know and it's then relying on your teammates to to help you and, and get you up the hill, which is which is again is needed, you know. So it wasn't just a, a fitness kind of run; it was also kind of mentally and a, and a team kind of spirit hill. So as such so
0: yeah, no, it's brilliant. It was, it was good. What do you look to get out of pre-season? Is it about building your fitness? Is it about building your confidence in matches?
3: Yeah, I think it's all a bit of both. And everyone would tell you differently, you know. I think like I said, you get like I said before, you your base fitness at the mm. start. Um, and then you kind of, the closer you get towards the season, you start to kind of peel off and do your individual kind of position specifics as such, you know. Um, and then, and then yeah, you kind of go from there. You're looking to build confidence. You're looking to, to kind of blow away the cobwebs, which you've done off the, on the off-season. And, and just get yourself kind of in in fit, form, shape that you can for the start of the season, you know. So, yeah.
0: And uh, it's Bournemouth was was the last game out, the last game of the pre-season campaign, and had a a bit of an extra spice to it with it being a game where QPR honoured Stan Bowles. From a player's point of view, aside from it adding a good few thousand bums on seats for the match itself, Mm -hmm. does it make it a bit extra special when you know that's going on around it?
3: Yeah, of course, Uh, it it was it was a great day and a great event for Stan, you know. So um, it was something that that all the lads enjoyed as well. You know, I mean, not only does it bring more, more seats and uh, more fans to the, to the game, it's, it's obviously it's for a good cause as well. So, mm. yeah, definitely.
0: Do you like to see your club doing stuff like that?
3: Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, I think that's what it should be like, you know. I think it's kind of bringing the community together and, 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 and respecting and, and giving the legends of the club the, the time of day.
0: And the match itself, you played uh, an hour or so, Happy with how you performed, fitness-wise? Yeah,
3: it was it was uh, another one, another box to tick as such. Mm. You know, um, going into the game, it was always going to be a tough game because they're, they're a good footballing side. Um, so yeah, for certainly, it was it was good, exactly what we needed. Uh, and now we'll go into the last couple of days of training for the first game of the season.
0: And since, from your point of view, again as a player, did you like that stronger test? Because playing a Premier League team just before your Championship season starts, you could have played a, a team from League Two or the national league and run up a four-five-nil scoreline to play a team that's going to give you a very strong test just before the season starts. It gives you a different side of confidence. Yeah. Win or lose the game.
1: Yeah, I, I used to like yeah, personally the the last game. I used to like a real test that shows where you are personally, it shows where the team is. Um, obviously, you don't get absolutely spanked against good opposition, but you know, speaking, watching the game, I thought um, I thought we really acquitted ourselves really, really well. Started the game well, had a few half chances if one of them goes in but uh, yeah call it the opposition but real positive signs that came out of the game from a QPR perspective
0: Do you feel there's creativity within that squad now?
3: Yeah no I agree with that I think the last game of pre-season you do need to be tested Um, it's a fine line where you don't want to kind of get spanked and mm. lose and, and lose a load of confidence but you do need to be tested because you go into a tough long old season and you, and you need to be tested before it starts you know but um for sure the quality that we've got is is, is i mean you can see what we've got you know throughout the squad so it, it's uh just a just a case of everyone kind of clicking which i feel and we all feel as a as a as a team that it's, it's happening you know so it's it's only positive things that's going to come our way, hopefully
0: and um since i leave you to talk about the the formation of that game, you were at that fixture, um, your thoughts on it? It'd be interesting to get Luke's as well.
1: Well, first of all, I was going to ask Luke, you know, s- since uh, the, the, the season finished, what messages has Ollie been getting across to the squad? Has he got a, a, a way that he wants to play? You have to be flexible, you have to be adaptable, but is he going to home in on a, any given formation? The start was interesting. He started with three. Um, uh, at the back, I'm a great believer. You know, people tell me about formations. I, I don't get too wrapped up with formations. I think you know that that gives you a base to play from. Once you step across the the, the line, it's down to it's down to the boys to to assess the game and fill in. But uh, going back to what we're saying, has Oli sort of really buttoned down a way he wants to play and implanted that in his trainer?
3: Yeah, no, definitely. I think from the start, from day one of preseason, we've 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 had meetings and, and been out on the training field of of drilling in our uh, uh, some formations that we'd like to play obviously you need to be able to play more than one yeah, formation exactly, for sure yeah. you know in this especially in the championship so we we've got a couple of formations that we've 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 had drilled into us from from day one of pre-season and uh we we know really where one needs to be and at what time and, and how it goes you know I do also agree that it's formation is just a base at the yeah. same time you kind of got to play the game how it, how it happens you and know, it doesn't pan out, yeah. out how you think it should you know yeah. so it's making the decisions on the day but being fully equipped with how we are, We've, we we should know what well, we, we we do know exactly what we need to do. So yeah,
0: is it quite a democratic process? The meetings does he take on board the, the thoughts of the players, the views of the players?
3: Yeah, no, definitely. It's it's, it's an open meeting. Obviously, we're allowed our opinion, um, and uh, if it's vital and it's it's worth considering as such, it will be considered. If it's not, then it will just be kind of something that will be discussed, and and then it will be onto more of what he wants to to show us exactly, you know, but for definitely it's more of a, everyone can have their say if they feel they've got a certain point that's, that's valid um, most of the time majority of us, we all kind of agree because it's it's the formation that we all understand you know, so, um, so yeah, definitely
0: Okay, and uh, this is your first full season with QPR of course how difficult is it? Players often say you're coming in January and it's a little bit finding your feet, you're moving your kids into a new school, mm-hmm. you're settling your family down, you're moving house and you're also trying to perform in front of you the new fans you managed that incredibly well you seem to settle immediately but did you find it difficult it certainly didn't show Um, it is difficult
3: Uh, I mean whoever it is and wherever you're going it's difficult to move kind of from one city to another it's tough Um, so it's just trying to channel channel that and block that out on game days and that which is is some people find it easier than others Mm. you know obviously it's you have your, your your kind of your, your social life as such it needs to be changed and moved, but when it comes to maybe forty eight hours twenty four hours before the game you I find that you need to then just kind of block all that out and just kind of get fully focused on 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 the game ahead so that 's how i i 've tried to do things, and obviously now i 'll carry on doing that so yeah
0: and now you know the the dressing room very well, having had the the time away there haven 't been many changes. To that squad so going into it you must be quite excited about the first full season eh?
3: yeah no I absolutely can't wait um, like I said to start the season fresh as well is even better it's like I said it is sometimes tough coming in January um, we showed some good signs last year you know and I think it's just nailing them good signs down and, and staying positive and I, I really do think um, I think we'll, we'll do well this year
0: what are your aims for this season from a personal point of view and a team perspective
3: personally it's it's goals and assists um you sure. got
0: numbers in your head for that
3: i've got some but i'm not going to say it's the only thing time I <laughs> on pressure, but, um, <laughs> i've got my own individual goals yeah uh, that, I, that i've set myself you know for sure um and then as a team it, it's it's winning games of course you mm. know what I mean picking up points uh, home and away um which again we've 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 sat down and gone through as well so so the, the targets are there the goals are there and it's now kind of rolling up your uh, your sleeves and, and getting going.
0: And finally, looking ahead to the, the opening game of the season, Reading at Loftus Road, great to be home for the first mm-hmm. game of the season and against a side that many are tipping, certainly for a top six finish, if yeah. not top two. It's going to be a, a very difficult opening day.
3: Yeah, definitely. But I mean, that's what you want. You want these tough games. You, you don't want to sit there and just cruise through. It's, it's going to be tough. We know that, but we're relishing the, uh, the chance and the opportunity we're going to get against them. So um, for definite, it's, it's something that we're very, very looking forward to, and we can't wait to to get going.
0: Butterflies already? Yeah,
3: I am to be fair. Yeah, today's kind of <laughs> starting to to get the feel and the buzz getting for it. Getting closer, you know? yeah. so yeah, you you're definitely getting the buzz for it now. It's Thursday going into Saturday, so yeah, can't wait.
0: And I'd imagine you start to do pattern of play around Thursday. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're looking for the bib to be thrown at you? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> now the team will be named today, I think, and we'll go for a load of. Uh, patterns of play and what like the other so yeah it's uh, it's, it's coming into crunch time but like I said we're all relishing it so yeah brilliant
0: you look like you can't keep a smile off your face when you yeah, talk about no, the first game
3: it's what, it's what you want yeah. I mean, at the end of the day it's, it's, it's what you've trained work, for isn't yeah it? all Seven that hard weeks, work in yeah. pre-seasons is to play play the, play the season you know it's obviously that pain that you've put yourself through is to start start the season well and, and, and carry it on so definitely it's, it's uh, exciting times
0: brilliant thanks for joining us Best thank of you luck. cheers Luke Good luck. <laughs> Well, Luke there is clearly looking forward to the start of the new season. Very excited man, isn't he? He is, isn't
1: he? <laughs> Smile on his face. Uh, season's upon us.
0: Okay, he was uh, one of a, a clutch of signings in January. During the summer, there's only been one first team signing, if you like, and that is Josh going. Firstly on Josh, he seemed to have settled quickly into the group, and, and he certainly looks useful on the pitch.
1: Yeah, good player. Uh, you know, highly, highly rated up in Barnsley. Um, did well for them, you've only got to see comments from fans when they leave a club how well they thought of him, so we've got a good sign in there, i say from me personally, in a QPR shirt was the first time I'd witnessed them uh, in the flesh on on, on Saturday, I was really impressed with certainly his first half performance, You know, he's neat and tidy on the ball, he put his foot in, energetic, everything you want from a midfield player.
0: And Andy, you guys spoke with uh, Ned Manua recently and spoke about the, the signs, or lack of certainly, Ian Holloway has spoken about that but it's a case of getting the, the right players not just getting players uh, but Nedham actually who has been around you have to say throughout the period of multiple signings during the transfer windows yeah. at QPR he actually I wouldn't say welcomes it but he certainly sees the benefits of it
2: yeah I mean obviously We've seen a lot of players come and go here, but Nedim's kind of been, you know, seeing it all in the last few years. I think he, he mentioned the fact it was his 14th pre-season, which was, uh, <laughs> I think he was feeling the effects of that. But it was, um, in terms of the signings, yeah, we, we, you know, we've know we seen um, very busy summers and, and January transfer windows where generally in a, a summer, you know, it's been necessary because there's just been such a, a turnover with, with players leaving or coming to the end of their contracts. And obviously it's a, it's a little different this summer in that, um, apart from perhaps Cole Henry, you know, there's not been a, a you know, an exodus of players. It's it's largely the same squad as last season. So from that point of view, you know, there's there's no need to go in buy you know five or six new players into the group. And um, so that was yeah what we were talking to to Nedum about, and he certainly thought that you know this is a, a group that know each other inside out now, having having played certainly since January with um, the whole squad together. So you know they know how to play together as we were talking about formations, etc. So hopefully, you know, with the, the group knowing each other and not needing that time perhaps that sometimes you need with, with new signings can actually play in our favour.
0: Stephen Calker is a, a player who is back and he can certainly be considered to be a new signing having effectively not played for QPR for, for the best part of a year. And since from your point of view, just talking about the player in terms of the the footballer, it's one hell of a player to have well, i think we
1: remember having a, a the podcast this time last year when we were talking about him you know he, he had a had a good pre-season behind him he, he looked fit he looked strong he started our season you know he was outstanding against leeds and cardiff at the beginning of last season scored, yeah, scored, up, scored up for cardiff yeah. you know um if stephen's right he's a he's a talented uh footballer um He's just got, obviously, some issues that have been going on. And I have to say, you know, we, we sympathise with that because that can happen to any anyone in any given job. You know, just because you're a footballer, uh, just because you're earning what people perceive to be quite a bit of money, doesn't make you immune from getting demons, if you like, that mm. that he's obviously gone through. You know, um, I saw his story that he talked about uh, his situation. And you, you have to sympathise with that, you know, and he's... He, he needs help. Hopefully he's had that. Uh, I've seen him on the training ground a couple of times. So I'm delighted to see him back because, as I say, if he's right, he's a, he's a top-quality centre-half in our division.
0: And how has he been around the place? It looks fine.
1: Um, you know, um, I saw him at the Open there on Monday. He, uh, he looked fit. He looked strong. Um, might be a little bit behind uh, the rest. But, you know, played the other night. I think he got through 70 minutes, as you said. So uh, that, can only be a, that could only be a good sign and, you know, Let's get behind him. Let's support him. Because we're talking about Stan, with his sort of illness. You know, it, Stephen Calker is a 24, 25-year-old, has got a type of illness that he needs help with. Uh, and if he can get that, and we can get him right, we've got a great player.
0: And, and he's, Ian Holloway has made it clear that he's well. he, he certainly believes he's the man who can help Stephen Calker, which is great. And that could give Stephen a, another lift as well. And you certainly get the impression Ollie is looking to bring him back into the first team fold. And should he do that? And when the opportunity is right, should he feature? I'm, I can only imagine he'll get an excellent reception from the QPR fans who are very good at, almost putting an arm around people when they need it. And Stephen Cork has been very open, very honest and letting everyone know exactly where he's at and what he's been through. And studying social media, Andy, the, re- the reaction has been very positive. Can I just come in there, and I think mm-hmm.
1: by Stephen opening up, I think it will be a real positive, not only for him, but for other people, because I'm sure people who don't know what happened to him or read things in the paper mm. and some of the things you read weren't particularly great, you'll couple of by Stephen being brave enough yeah. to it come out. It gives
0: the fans knowledge and understanding yeah. of the full picture. As I say, there's, for any illness, there's no
1: limits on age, job, profession mm. who you are if you have got an illness it can get you so uh, i just wanted to say you know for him coming up and opening up a very brave thing to do but i think it'll be a real positive for his future benefit and well being
2: yeah and it's certainly speaking from from social media on on monday when we saw him at the open day and the the fans that were there gave him a you know a great reception and um in terms of of social media yeah, it's been exactly about the fans sort of welcoming him back wishing him you know that hopefully he can whatever's gone on before, you know, he's back now at QPR and they want to, you know, hope for, for his sake. And obviously for our sake that he he gets back to playing and, and doing what he he does good. And that's, you know, that's, that's playing football. Um, So on social media, the fans have have been fantastic. You know, we often talk about the the negatives of social media, but certainly in, Mm. in Stephen's case, he's, he's received some, some really nice messages, positive messages. And that only, you know, the same thing happened when he, when he featured against Biliriki in, in midweek. And, you know, just, just playing 70 minutes in that game went down so well with the fans, saying it's fantastic to see him back, and um, hopefully, you know, if he can continue, we'll see him in the first team sooner rather than later.
0: And going back to what we were saying earlier, if, if Ian Holloway does go with three at the back, then you look at the centre backs we've got at our disposal when you bring Stephen Caulker into the mix, and suddenly there are, is some real quality there, and like you say, since, perhaps that formation does suit us best when you look at the personnel available.
1: Yeah, as I say, you've certainly got the qualities, um... And what I would say if you were saying to me you know where do we need to improve I think we I don't think I know we conceded too many goals last year so that's an area where we'll tighten up whether three at the back three centre-backs gives you that more solidity um, who knows but uh, but yeah we've, we've, we've got the personnel
0: well, Reading this Saturday Mr Watkins hmm. over to you what can we expect against <laughs> the Royals
2: um, tough game fair to say thanks um, given that they were a penalty or, or two away from getting promoted yeah. to the Premier League. Um, I imagine they'll be chomping at the bit to to go again this season. And um, yeah, we couldn't have asked for a much tougher start. Um, I mean, we, we obviously saw with Yapstam last season, it was clear their philosophy, was like to get the ball down, pass, pass, pass. And it obviously served them really well last season. I think, in our respects, you know, we, we got four points off them last season. So if you Mm-hmm. basing it on that. And I don't think the the two teams have changed similar to, to ours. It hasn't changed a great deal. I, you know, theirs hasn't changed hugely, I don't think, from last season. So it's certainly going to be um, a tough game, a tight game. Um, let's hope we can, can nick it if it's one goal in it.
0: And since I'd, I'd imagine the atmosphere is going to be really special on Saturday because certainly in the Championship at least, it's quite unusual for QPR to... To be the underdogs if you like going into a game at loftus road uh, particularly in recent years on the opening day there's almost that expectancy for us for us to win such as the the squad personnel been going into this game i would imagine that bookies have the royals as the the favorites for the game and that can really add to the atmosphere when the QPR fans feel that the players have got a, a real challenge in front of them they really can get behind them
1: It'll be good atmosphere, as you say, in you know, the first game of the season. Everyone will be come to the ground, me included, with a sense of anticipation, excitement, apprehension, all of that, you know. Uh, but yeah, we've got a tough start. Um, Yapstein did a great job last year, you know. Certainly for me and many other people, uh, Redden took a few people by surprise, played in a way that was really pleasing on the eye. Let's uh, see what we get. to get that out of the way. I'll be interested in Redden. I think it could go either way. They'll either be a real hangover from being so close to getting into the, the promised land as mm. such, or the, that can be used as a real motivational tool.
0: Well, interestingly, yeah, you're right, because there'll be that expectancy on them that perhaps wasn't there 12 months ago. Yep. People weren't talking about Reading as, to, to the best of my mind, as a team that were going to finish in the top two last year, whereas certainly those conversations have been had yep. in the lead up to this. So how will the players handle that expectancy from... Football fans generally, but more specifically, the Reading fans who will have that expectancy.
1: And you know the on is the first, I know you have your pre-season games, but it's the first competitive game since the heartache of missing a couple of penalties. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's all sorts of scenarios go around just like there is in any game. But uh, I'm certainly looking forward to the game. I expect a really tough game. Let's get right behind our team.
0: Great stuff. Well, the season is very nearly upon us. The talking is almost over. And the match action is just around the corner. Thanks for joining us on the Loftcast. We'll see you at Loftus Road, hopefully, on Saturday. And we'll be back here on the official QPR podcast very soon.